Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. God is awesome. It's always so good to be in the house of God and so grateful for what God is doing and what he's going to do. I just want to know, has God been good to you? I mean, has he really been good to you? You, you know, don't don't just say it to say it now. Has God been good to you? Amen. Praise God. I am so glad to hear that. Because we're going to get a few testimonies. Oh, man. <laughs> Tell us how good God has been to you. Well, he saved me from being a drunk. That, that, is, that, is, that is grace and mercy right there. And he gave me the endurance to go through it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Where do I start? Um, well, um, he woke me up this morning, started me on my way, brought me to church this morning. I'm here in the house of the Lord, and I'm going to worship because he's worthy. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Tell us how good God has been to you. Um, well, um, I'm here today, and I'm glad I was able to make it here. Um, I'm just blessed to have such good friends and meet all of you, so Amen. thank you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, uh, that would take a long time. So I will just <laughs> I will just sum it up by saying the words to an old song. Um, it says, I'll lift him up, praise his name. He's been good to me. I'll clap my hands, leap for joy. He's been good, you see. If he never does another thing, he's still worthy of the praise I bring. That is why I shout and sing. He's been good to me. From day one until the present, I'm still trying to praise him for the things that he's done. So. Man. Brother Richard, tell us how good God has been to you. Well, I, t- I walked away from God here a few years ago, and he's bringing me back. And I praise God for that because I could be in a lot of world of hurt right now. He wakes me up every morning. He blesses me with sunshine. He lightens my day. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Um, He's blessed me with uh, great kids and uh, great family and support. Amen. Praise God. Sister Stone, ladies first. (laughs) Oh, Oh, praise the Lord. Um, Yeah, where do you begin? He's been so good and merciful, and, and I love him so, and I just, there's just not words to explain how great, great, great he is. Well, praise the Lord. There's nothing more special than to be washed in the precious blood of Jesus. And I'm so thankful for salvation. I'm so thankful for all he's done for me. And and I can really truthfully say that he spared my life actually more than once. Um, he brought me through a war and... Um, Actually, my wife and I have both have had cancer, 
and we're sitting here today uh, free from cancer because of the precious uh, love and uh, healing power of Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful to be a part of his church. Amen. We're going to get one more testimony. Well, they say that the acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. I'm like my my daughter's like me. Um, I'll go to a song. The Lord's been good. He's really been good. I cannot tell it all. I could keep you here until his return, telling you all of his great blessings and his mercy and his grace in my life and my family's life. Um, He saved us. He saved us from I don't even know what. And so I am so thankful to the Lord for his grace and his mercy in our life and for his bountiful blessings. And I just love him so much. Amen. All the wonderful testimonies that have been given. For those of you who just walked in, God bless you. We're so glad to have you here, Calvary Apostolic Church. And we are starting our discipleship class today. Uh, this is what we call our adult Sunday school is now discipleship. So nobody feel like they are little children. <laughs> but we all are God's children. Amen. Those of us who have have received what God has for us. Those of us who have been born again and all the experiences that the word of God talks about. We are the children of God. Now. I had everybody testify, those of you that I had testify, and there's a reason, there's a purpose behind that. We're talking about testimony. In order to be, or we talk about being a Christian witness, well, your testimony is part of that. Now, I heard one amen. 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 But here's, here's the reality, because while we know that conceptually, There seems to be an issue or a challenge for the church to express their testimony. Dead people can't tell a testimony. So if you're living and you're breathing. And those of you who have said most everybody has said the same thing. God is so good. He's an awesome God, right? So if you feel that way, then what hinders us from expressing that to the world? Because that is what testifying is. So most people, when they think about testimony, they, you know, if you grew up like I did, it, it was waiting until that 30 minutes, you know, when you have in the church service. And when they ask for, oh, we're going to open up for testimony service. That's the only opportunity you get to tell your testimony. A testimony is defined as the evidence or proof provided by the existence or appearance of something. Defined as the evidence or proof provided by the existence or appearance of of something. It is considered to be a public recounting, this is the definition they put in here, of a religious conversion or experience. So when you tell your testimony, you're telling about your experience. 
So what hinders us? Because in order to be an effective witness, we got to at some point tell our testimony. Right. What hinders us? What keeps us from telling our testimony to the world? It's easy to tell it in amongst, you know, a group of our friends within the building, within a setting like this, where we feel like everybody's going to accept our testimony. Everybody's going to be receptive. But what about telling it to the world? How else will they know about the goodness of God or even recognize the fact that the reason why they have life and the reason why they're safe and everything else that they benefit from in life is because of God. If we don't tell them. There are folks that are in the world who are dealing with things that you have that you're either dealing with now or have gone through. And they're looking for a solution. They're looking for an answer. And if we just close our mouths and don't say anything, how will they know where to find the answer? Now, yes, God can reveal himself. He can show up like he did with Moses and a lot of the others in the Old Testament. And, you know, even in the New Testament, he can do, you know, those type of revelation manifestations if he wanted to. But why should he have to when he has a whole host? Folks that are sitting in the pews in his house who know about the goodness of God. So why not share it? Watch this. If you go to a store, you go to a restaurant, you go and you purchase something. They have this thing where they call testimonials, right? And that is an opportunity for you to share your, thank you, your experience, right, with whatever it was that you purchased or whatever it was that you gained, right? You get to put on there what your experience was. And that determines how it's rated, right? So when others are coming along and they're looking and trying to figure out, man, is this a good product to buy? Should I go here? Is this a good hotel to stay at? One of the things they'll do is they'll look to see what the testimonies say. And depending on what you're saying about it, usually determines whether or not they're going to take advantage. Right? It's no different. For those of us who say we're Christians, your testimonial either convinces people that what you have is real, legitimate, and worth trying, or worth rejecting. Now, there's two ways to tell your testimony. Two methods. One of them is verbally. Right? Oh, y'all remember them Jehovah's Witness? I love the Jehovah's Witness because they put them in uncomfortable situations. Go to door to door to door to talk about Jesus. Now, that's an awesome attempt. There's nothing wrong with that. 
But some of them are so nervous. As long as you embrace what I'm about to say, we're going to be good to go. But the moment you disagree, now we got problems. Half of them don't even know what to do. They don't know how to handle people who disagree. They wasn't prepared for that. So then that discourages people from going and telling their testimony. Some folks won't tell their testimony because of fear of rejection. Can I tell you something? Whether they accept your testimony or not, your testimony still belongs to you. It's still a story about you. That doesn't take away from the credibility of the story. Or your experience. Just because they reject it. So if you are afraid that people are going to reject it, let me just, let me encourage you now. Yes, there's going to be a lot of people that reject it. Everybody's not going to want to hear about your testimony. Everybody's not going to be acceptive of your testimony. But that should never stop us from going out and sharing. Because who are we talking about? Our experience with him, right? Every testimony we tell should glorify him. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But your testimony is about you. Whether people reject it or not, that does not take away from the credibility of the story and the experience that you have with Christ. So oddly enough, this is one of the things that are that's stopping a lot of Christians from going out and sharing the good news. Did you know that your testimony is a part of the gospel? Oh, so that brings a little light to it, because I thought all I had to do was just quote Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And, you know. No, your story is a part of the gospel. That's what makes the gospel come alive to the world we're in today. It's not just a history book. History is about stuff that happened in the past, but if it's still happening then we can't just claim it as history. It's still the present, right? Through who? Through us, right? So people need to know that because they're looking at the Bible like, man, this is a history book. That don't apply to us today. Oh, there's some doctrines out there that talk about that now. You know, that was all that stuff, man. That was, that was, you know, it's good to go. It happened in the Bible days. That was for the Bible days. That was for the Bible times. So I guess the rest of us is just hopeless. We just sitting here wasting our time coming to church and reading this book about what used to happen. God is good, but don't worry about it because you can't benefit from it. Now, how is that a message of hope? Really? Can you imagine? You came to church and the preachers up there preaching and God did this and he healed so-and-so and he raised so-and-so from the dead and he gave his life. But it don't matter because none of it's for you. Everybody that was going to benefit from it, you know, they already, they already came and gone. That'd be, that would mess me up. So why did I even attempt to come to church? Why did I waste my time sitting in these cold pews 
listening to somebody talk. The truth of the matter is, everything that's in there is still applicable to us. This is what the world don't know. The only advantage we have as Christians over sinners is the experience of salvation. It's the only advantage that we have. Too many times you find folks who have been delivered, who've been set free, lives have been changed. And let me tell you this. If you're one of those people who you're used to looking up and you see the man on the platform and you like, oh, man, he talking. Can't wait for him to be done. I don't want to be here. Let me let you let me clue you in on something because you don't know the person that's talking You hear what they're saying, but you don't know that the reason why they're proclaiming what they're proclaiming is because God gave them an experience all their own. Me up here, you don't know me. You don't know the things that God has brought me through. So all you see is a man in a suit coming up here and he think he look okay and trying to say a few good words. But my intent is not to entertain. I'm not about entertaining flesh or emotions. You can feel how you. That's one of the things I take courage in. Now, I don't aim to hurt nobody. But your feelings about me don't stop me from doing what God has called me to do. Is that all right to say? The intent is not to offend anybody, but if you offend it, let it be let it be known that you offend it because the word of God is being spoken. Because after the after it's all said and done, when I'm done here, I'm coming to shake your hand. How you doing? I don't know your life. I don't know what type of life you live in. I love you anyhow. We all right. I'm trying to be saved just like you. That's the only advantage that I have over a sinner is that I've had an experience of salvation. That's it. And the experience is ongoing. It's not just a one-time event. It's a lifetime experience. That's what makes the difference. Well, if I have an experience, what what did we just read about the definition of testimony? Proof. Of that experience. Right? So you got to tell your testimony because you are the living proof to the experience that the world is looking for that you're already having. Just by you coming and listening to the word of God. Did you know the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the. Wow. So when you're hearing the word of God, you're being ministered to. Did you know that? In other words, God is serving you. I guarantee you if somebody had a barbecue and said, come, come eat. There'd be very few people that turn that down. I ain't got to pay. 
Y'all got some ribs, potato salad. Y'all eat that stuff in Wisconsin? I don't know if we. <laughs> we'll make sure I'm naming the right stuff. I want you to be hungry so we get fed. Well, we won't have natural food, but we have spiritual food. Amen. But if we won't turn that down, know when you come to the house of God, you're coming to the table of Christ. He's serving our souls. Sometimes we don't even know that what we need is right in front of us. God has to reveal it to us and let us know, hey, this is, you didn't think this was for you. Let me show you how this applies to you. So, see, it's, you hear words that are being said, and sometimes, you know, they seem real foreign, right? It's like, oh, man, that, that's not me. That's not my situation. But isn't it interesting how God will show you you in the message? Sure. This is what's beautiful about when you listen to the word of God and you hear somebody preaching this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to use the word of God to examine ourselves. That's why none of us should leave here the same. We should all leave here changed. So your testimony may not read the same as mine, but nevertheless, you should have an experience, right? And if you embrace it, God will show you. He'll bring you through. He'll have you go through an experience, you'll have an encounter with him and he'll begin to develop you. Your testimony is always in development. Now, when you tell a testimony, remember we talked about the test, right? Remember what I said? The test is not designed to fail or pass you. That's a misconception. Somehow we've gotten this misconception. You know, when you go to school, oh man, you know, that test was designed. No, the test was designed to measure whether or not you have a good understanding of the material that's in the test. That's it. It's not designed to fail or pass you. You fail or pass based upon how well you prepare and how well you take the test. Now, the results of the test, if you pass the test, it's not only a reflection of what you've done to prepare, but also what you've gleaned from the one that provided you what you needed to begin with. So that means it tells a story of not only you, but the experience you had with the one that was preparing you. Does that make sense? When you see that A on that test, that says, man, I must have studied. And oh, by the way, the teacher must have gave me the material that I needed in order to pass the test. Right. So when you pass or fail in life, it's a measure of you. God doesn't fail. If he sends a test your way, it's because he's already given you what you needed to pass the test. But it's a well, it's a matter of how well you prepare for the test that's coming your way. Tests will come. Challenges will come. How else will you be able to convince somebody of how good God is if you ain't never went through nothing? (laughs) 
You'd be surprised how people come to church and expect, you know, well, my life has been changed. I've been saved and expect to go out and never face any other difficulties in life. Who's lying to you? Get your breakthrough, your miracle. If every moment is a breakthrough miracle, then where was the challenge? You got to go through something in order to say, I have proven that this is the truth. Right? Folks want to live for God and never go through anything. I'm sure Jesus wanted to do the same thing. These knuckleheads, I done came down here, came off the throne from heaven, came down here and manifest myself in this filthy, nasty flesh just to go ahead and touch my people, and they rejected me, want to want to crucify me for what? I done healed all these jokers, cast demons out. Every time I turn around, somebody got to need Jesus, help me. Somebody help me. Go through all of this. Crucified for the sake of a world that don't even want me. But we're supposed to go through life sailing, no issues, no challenges, just a breeze. Challenges will come. But God does not allow those challenges to come without first preparing you to overcome. You know, the Bible's awesome. It already tells us that we are more than conquerors. But see, you can't stop there. We are more than conquerors. See me. See, see what I could do. Me. I. I. See what I could do. <laughs> I could do all things. Because we are more than conquerors. It's amazing to me when I listen to people in the world try to use these same scriptures. You're missing a part of it. That's where the testimony comes in. Got to bridge the gap, right? Yes, you can do all things through Christ. The world says you can be what you want to be. Follow your heart. You better not follow your heart if the wrong influences in there. Have you messed up? But through Christ, oh, I can do all things. <laughs> I'm more than a conqueror through him that, whoo, it's through Jesus Christ. And that's what the world needs to know. That's where our testimony comes in with our experience. I, you know, and you've heard it already said, <clears throat> and I could sit here and tell you my testimony, every detail, and we'll talk about that in a second. But every one of us has a testimony. You heard it earlier. You know, two people in our in the congregation, in our midst, talking about having had cancer. And this, I know this was not long ago. And yet God has healed them. These are living testimonies in our, come on, y'all. Everything we read about in the Gospels is still happening today. Folks that have been in car accidents that should have been taken out. And God kept them. 
I can recall a time when my son was five days old and we're traveling on the highway and we hit whatever it was on the freeway. It's nighttime. Tires gone and we in the middle lane on the top of a hill. And I'm just wondering when the next vehicle's coming and if it's going to be the one that's going to take us out. But thank God no vehicle hit us. We had to move over to the shoulder because that was the closest we could come. The other side was a railing. We had to wait out there and hope and pray that nobody hit us until a tow truck came out there. And you want to talk about squeezing in, I'll tell you what. They make all those jokes about Mexicans squeezing in vehicles. But we learned what it was like to squeeze in the front of a tow truck with a car seat. And the rest of my family with the driver and was able to get off that highway safely. Now, that may not mean much to you. But being in that situation, I didn't know if we were going to make it. Five days old. We had two other children that was with us, too. Three, excuse me. Things that should have happened, but God. Wow. And you know your testimony. You know what God has done for you. Some of you, you know, it's not an age thing. I see we got some young people in, in our midst today. Young people, you may not realize it, but God has been doing a lot of stuff on your behalf. That's all a part of your testimony. The biggest error we can make is think just because we are certain age, we don't have a testimony. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And oh, by the way, can I say that regardless of how many mistakes you've made in the past, whatever God is doing in your life today still counts towards your testimony. Testimony is powerful. Your life story. I guarantee if I had some folks come up here right now and tell you about things that was going on in their hearts, people that wanted to commit suicide, there's some folks in this place right now that have contemplated some things that nobody, we sit around and we look at everybody and we look put together, but there's some things that God has brought us through and now we're here today only by His grace. That's part of your testimony, and don't you let the devil rob you of what God has given you. Is this all right? I'm trying to behave. <laughs> but you need to know this. We, you know, as people of God, we got to be reminded of this stuff. Why would God give it to us if it wasn't useful? Here's another thing that's powerful about a testimony. When you profess your testimony, when you tell your story, because you've got to be willing to do it. But when you start to speak it, 
it starts to do some things in your whoo. Y'all read that scripture revelation was talking about they overcame by the words of their Y'all got to understand the power of speaking. That's why the Bible is so, so, you know, it focuses so much on what you, how you use the tongue. What you speak. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You don't believe it? That's why we got so many derelicts on the street right now because somebody kept telling them, you stupid, you ain't going to never be anything. And guess what? They're telling the wrong report. The wrong testimony. Every time you say, I don't believe, who is it that that you're referring to? That you don't believe in. Because if God did it, I would, the last thing I should be saying is, I can't believe this. Life and death. You think the enemy's not listening to what you're saying? When the response should be, thank you, Jesus, because the glory goes to who? Thank you, Lord, for keeping me from being destroyed in that car accident that I should have been destroyed in. Thank you, God, for not letting me go through when I was ready to take my life because I thought this was the end of the rope. Thank you, God, for not letting me take that extra drink that probably would have took me out because I was trying to escape the pressures of life. Thank you, God, for not letting me go to that point where I abused myself so much that I just felt like life was not worth living. When you start testifying, you start giving glory to God, it does something. So your testimony is like a pocket knife. You know, you, have, you see the pocket knives, they have all the little attachments, all the gadgets and stuff, right? You got scissors, you may, some of them have screwdrivers, Phillips, flathead. You, you don't even need to buy a whole tray of tools anymore. Just bring your pocket knife with you. And all of them are meant for different purposes. That's kind of how I look at your testimony. Sometimes your joy needs a little fine-tuning, so you just start testifying about the things of God. (laughs) Pull out that part that just tightens up that joy. Sometimes your faith need to be increased, increased, so you start, you pull out that part that, let me go ahead and tighten up my faith here. Lord, you've done so much for me. Yeah, I remember the time when, when I should have been, you know, when I should have been out, and I should have been lost, and I shouldn't have been where I'm at now, but because of you, I should have lost my sanity, I should have lost my mind, but because of you, I got peace today. 
when my relationship didn't go right in my life and I was I was pursuing after somebody that I thought loved me, didn't really love me, dropped me. And I was ready to give up because I was like, what's wrong with me? And then you came and showed me that your love is unconditional. God, I don't see how I'm going to get through this situation. I'm looking at my finances and things don't seem to be working out right. And as a matter of fact, it don't even seem like I'm going to be able to keep my job. It don't seem like anything's going right. I don't see any hope in the situation. But let me tighten up my faith here. Because I can recall the times that you brought me through before when there was no way. You brought me out. I can tell you testimonies, me and my wife, we can tell you about stuff that we've been through, you know, that God has brought us through. I can remember a time we was in a position where we had to, I was attempting to make a diaper. I'll see y'all. <laughs> She'll tell the story, but this is a lot. <laughs> we weren't married that long. Here I was, and it sounds funny now, but. At the time, I was really feeling down because I'm like, man, we can't even afford diapers. Got a hot glue gun. Some <laughs> some cotton. <laughs> Cut some rags. Yeah, that didn't work out well. But anyway, <laughs> God made a way. I didn't have to use that raggedy diaper I was trying to put together. God made a way. And there's been many times. That's why I tell you, you look at folks. Let me tell you something. You come in the house of God. Listen, you, you do understand that this is, you know, the glory doesn't go to any of us. Let me tell you something. We got a wonderful man of God back here, our pastor, who devotes himself to the things of God, loves the people of God. But the man you see had to go through a process. And God brought him through some things. Yes, he was a little child at one point. He was a teenager. And I won't get too personal to tell because I can't tell his testimony, but this is a man that has been to war. He doesn't tell you about his experiences being in combat. But there are things that I'm sure he still recollects the experiences that he's had and the impact that it had on his life. But here he is today. Not claiming PTSD, and I'm not making light of it, but here's a man of God who's been through all those experiences, yet sane, yet sound, yet able to be effective doing the work of God. That can only be 
the God that we serve. That's part of his testimony. Now, how else? You wonder why he has compassion on military folks. This is a retired command sergeant major. So not only was he a soldier doing the work, but he was also in a position to give commands to other soldiers who had to carry out orders. You don't know. You see the man preaching and sweating blood and everything else trying to get people to be right. Trying his best to live the life and be an example and reach out to the community. But you don't know his testimony unless he tells it. So when he goes out, everybody gets bits and pieces of his testimony. And that's the other part I want to focus in on real quick. In our efforts, Christians, it's good to tell your testimony, but in your efforts to share your testimony, be careful. Sometimes Christians become so zealous. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to see people saved. But you got to be wise. In what you share, how much you share with some folks. The Bible talks about being wise as a serpent, harmless as doves. Sometimes we don't even intend to. Or wise as... I said it right. Okay. (laughs) Wise as a serpent, right? Harmless as a dove, right? Okay. That's what I thought. I always go back and evaluate. Hmm? But we got to be careful because not everybody is in a position to receive everything. Some people are hungry. But just as easily as we can gain them, we can also push them away. Sometimes we can come across a little bit too aggressive. And we cause people to retreat. So we got to use wisdom on how much of our testimony and what exactly we share. You know, it's good to say, you know, if you was a womanizer and you say, hey, you know what? God delivered me. I used to be a womanizer, but God delivered me. That's a good testimony. But some folks don't need to know how many women you slept with or encountered. That's too much information. Went through a terrible divorce, but God gave me a peace of mind and he helped me through it. And here I am and I'm living victoriously. But they don't need to know how many times your spouse hit you. And scarred you and all the damage they done. Some people can't can't deal with that. You got to know how much of your testimony to tell. Because the whole intent is to draw the attention and give the glory to who? God. That's the bottom line message when you tell your testimony. It's not for people to be sympathetic about you. I don't need your sympathy because God has already delivered me. 
I'm not telling you this because I'm looking for a charity case. I'm telling you this because I want you to know what God can do for you. That's the importance. Some folks get it confused and start telling testimonies and start talking about how the devil's been beating them up and so on and so forth. I'm sorry, but that is not a testimony. You are not testifying to the glory of God if you dwelling on. If the 90% of your testimony is about how much the devil's been after you and trying to beat you up. And you gave 10%. I'm sorry, but I know we give 10% in tithes, but it didn't mean give 10% and that's it. 90% of your testimony should be giving glory to God. Well, you know, the devil been, man, I've been trying, it's been so hard, and, you know, I've just been down and out, and, you know, but God is good. Now, y'all laughing, but people testify like this in church. So if I'm there and I'm looking for an answer and I'm looking for hope, I'm not going to get it out of that testimony. Because you're in the same boat I'm in. Obviously, it's not working for you. So I got to end this because I'm over my time. Your testimony is your testimony. How you give your testimony, first of all, you got to make up in your mind that you give your testimony. you got to be willing to share your testimony. That's number one. Number two, seek God for wisdom on how to tell your testimony. Because you're ministering when you're telling your testimony. That's part of ministry. And number three. Make sure that your testimony always delivers a message that gives glory to God. If we begin to do those things, it's not about the doctrine. It's not about the debate. When we're reaching out to hurting souls, the last thing we need to try to reach them with is doctrine. I don't need anybody on the offensive already just because I'm trying to give you my doctrine. I need you to understand the love of God. And the best way I can describe that is to tell you my testimony. Well, thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done. All the souls that are in this place today, help us, oh God, never to forget just how powerful it is to have a testimony, to have a story to tell, because everything that we tell, giving glory to you, is part of the gospel message that we deliver to the world. Touch, let your perfect will be done, O oh God, in Jesus' name. We are going to take a break, and we're going to come back for a dynamic service in Jesus' name. God bless you.